changed. Amen. Hope renewed. Amen. That's what it's about. Amen. That's what it's about. What a great testimony. Lives changed. That's why the lights are on this morning. Amen. That's why the doors opened. How many have a testimony in this place this morning? God's done something in your life. Amen. You'll be up there one of these days on that video screen. We'll show yours. We'll just do it all. We'll just do it till Jesus comes. Every single Sunday. Amen. We thank God for the people who have the talent to put all that together. Amen? Was that moving to anybody else? I had to gather myself before I got up here because it moves me. If it doesn't move you, check your pulse. Amen. We're going to get into the word in just a second. Welcome those that are watching online. <clears throat> as John said, any guests that we have. Um, but I want to give a testimony and I want to share something. You know, as you look around and you continue to see less empty chairs around, God is building our church. It's growing. People are coming back in, you know, not living in fear. Uh, from the COVID situation, we're just going to keep moving forward, amen. And uh, in that in that time, as we grow, we've got a vision, as we heard in the testimony, and we want to keep continue to see people's lives change. One of the two things that has helped build this church, I remember when we first started the church many years ago. Our pastor, Pastor Jones, would tell us, "Get people to conference and do revivals." And so I just was smart enough to listen to him. He had a successful church, and we began to do revivals like we had a couple weeks ago. And we're going to have it in a couple weeks. And we started encouraging people to go to conference. And so every year we take uh, 30, 40, 50, 60 people to conference in Colorado Springs. And it changes their lives because they see what this is about on a bigger scale. And they get to see churches from uh, pastors from Tanzania and Mexico and Czech Republic and all these different countries that we are part of. And we get to iron sharpens iron. Amen. And so this year, we're really excited about conference because it, we've moved it. And we're going to have a testimony about that in just a second. I'm going to ask Jeff and Patty if they would begin to head up here right now. Um, as they come, the testimony is that we've moved it to July instead of October. It's been October for 20 years. And uh, Pastor Paul, now especially listening to this testimony this morning, uh, made the choice and through prayer to change it to, I'm going to make him stare at you longer because you guys are such a beautiful couple, change it to um, July because it would offer the opportunity for more people to go and, and get, not to get their kids out of school and different things like that. So it is July 26th to the 30th. I want you to write that down or put it in your phone if you don't already know. I know a lot of us already know, but that is our worldwide conference in July from 26th to the 30th. That's a Monday through a Friday. And basically it's this. It's services in the morning, it's workshops, it's how to be a better parent, it's how to be discipled, how to have a better praise team, and all these different, and then at night, it's services just like this, with preaching, and praise and worship, and, and special singing, and all these things, and the cool thing is, Colorado, Colorado Springs is a beautiful city, and so in the afternoon, you can go to Garden of the Gods, you can go to Pikes Peak, you can go to the Royal Gorge, you can go all these different places, and so it's a good vacation slash time of refreshment in your spirit. I want to see our entire church go. I want to have so many people go that we got to shut the church down. Amen? So July 26th to the 30th. Now, you might be saying, how can I go? How can I afford it? We don't have the money and this and that. Well, this testimony is going to change that. Okay? So let's listen to how God opened up the door for Jeff and Patty to go. Well, good morning. Well, I'm Jeff. This is my beautiful wife, Patty. And I just want to say I, I am extremely lucky to have a, a wonderful wife like this. just want to say that now. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, Patty and I, we, we, we went to conference maybe two years ago. We missed last year and the year before. 
I'm a teacher and it's hard to get time off, you know, away from the students. I already have a commitment there. It's hard to break that and even get, get subs. But this year, you know, it's, it's in July, which I've been praying for for a while. And also, we're, we're very, we're very like, studious with our money. We're, we're not spending wild anymore. I'm not buying Motley Crue tickets anymore. We're, we're paying bills, and we're, you know, we're trying to build a future for, for ourselves. So anyways, every, every day, you know, every month doing our bills, you know, we assign money to, you know, to God, to you know, rent, you know, electricity. There was no money really to give to conference. So by faith, we just said, you know, we're going to get the credit card and we're going to get that a- Airbnb. And we're, we're going to, you know, you know, we're going to assume that, you know, we're faithful with our tithes, that God's going to come through and, you know, we're going to get this trip paid for. So. And Patty texted me maybe a week after that. And I'll let so, yeah, so we, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> So about a week ago, we booked the, Air, the uh, Airbnb, and we just, again, you know, had faith that God was going to do something awesome, and he did, and so Thursday, I got an email from my boss saying, I need you to come into my office as soon as possible. Of course, I'm thinking, I'm in trouble, <laughs> but it wasn't. It was great news. She was excited for me. She called me in and said, you're getting a bonus, and this bonus was big, and... It's, yes, it's awesome because I, I've been with this company for 10 years and I've never gotten an amount of this, you know, degree. So it was, it's going to cover all of our expenses and then some. So, yes, so if you're not going to conference, please go to conference, you know, just pray, 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 pray. You'll, you'll enjoy it. Nice. Amen. Smart man right there, guys. Take notes. Amen. Two minutes of fame. Amen. Praise God. Amen. What a testimony. God's got a lot of money. And he just needs us to believe and trust him and put faith out there. Remember last week I mentioned how much of that was faith. And so they said, we're going. And then God provided. So uh, talk to them. Get ideas from them. But begin to plan. We've got a lot going on. We've got a lot of things you might say. How are we going to afford to do all this? God has all the money we need. He just needs a place to put it. And he's looking for well, willing people this morning. Amen? How many came for a word? I mean, we're going to get right into the word this morning. Uh, look at somebody next to you and say, this one's going to be difficult. And some of you are going, again? They've been real difficult lately. How many feel the presence of the Lord in this church and in our services? You know why we feel the presence of the Lord? Because we're dealing with stuff. We're dealing with real issues that face us. We're, we're, we're talking about uh, things that are going on in our world, and we're confronting them instead of hiding from them or being ashamed of them. We're, we're facing them f- straight on. And this is another message that's going to be very hard. It's, it's straightforward, but it's going to help us. It's going to be very beneficial to our growth and to the fruit in our lives. You know, a lot, I love talking to so many of you and getting to know you and especially our new converts, and just learning about where you came from, and thinking, you know, just last year, David and Joanna were, who knows where they were sitting, who knows what they were doing on the Sunday morning, and now they're in church, and they're serving God, and he's turned their family around, and their kids are sitting here, and going to the youth group, and look what God can do when the Word of God gets involved, amen? Things can change, things can be transformed, and again, that's why we're here. 
So I want you to uh, write, uh, look at Daniel chapter 12, sorry, verse 4. This is uh, along, again, with the Signs of the Times series that we've been in and are going to be in for several months. Because literally, as you'll see this morning, we are seeing the Scriptures come alive. We're seeing the Bible come to pass in, in front of us and around us. And this verse says, But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Another thing that there could be put in is, is technology. Uh, t- time will fly. We will be going here and there like never before. We know we didn't, there's so much in our world today that we, don't, uh, we didn't see even 50 years ago in our lifetimes, and changes happen. We can go across the world right now because of the Internet. People could be watching this in Russia, in China in Tanzania, all across the world because of a camera and an internet. And so there's a lot of good to the internet. There's a lot of good to technology. There's a lot of things that we use uh, just like anything. How many know that the drugs that people get addicted to, the core of the drug that they're using was made by God for a different purpose? And it was abused. And so we, we tend to take a lot of the things that God gave us for good, and it's, uh, uh, the opposite of that song, our society takes what was good and turns it into evil. And, and that's what's happening a lot of times in our society with a lot of things. And as Christians living in this world, we have to make tough decisions. We, we have to realize that there's a lot going on around us, and we have to protect our families and our kids. And I want to talk about something this morning that I've been praying about for years, literally, and I've thought about this for years, and I've just never got it on paper yet, and this, this week we're going to do it, and we're going to get into it, and it won't be the only time. But I remember uh, when I was getting uh, to know my wife, and we were, I was 19 years old. I'm not old, but I am older, amen? I'm, I'm in my mid-40s, and I'm old enough, teenagers, to, to realize that when I got, met my wife, there was no internet, I know that's absolutely impossible for y'all to even understand. There was no internet, and so when I met her, and we separated for four months while we were engaged to get married, we had to write each other. Did you hear what? Write each other. Does anybody know what write each other means? That means you took a piece of paper and a pen, and you had thoughts, and you conveyed them through this thing on your hand, and it came out on ink, and then you sent it in the mail. The mail. It would take three to four weeks for a letter to get to Costa Rica. There was a bunch of times that by the time that letter got there, we had changed our mind on how we felt three or four times. But it was still there. Amen. We would talk like once or twice a month on the phone for like 10 minutes because it was super expensive. And both of our parents were watching the clock like get off because it was expensive. That, that's how I met my wife. That's a long time ago. And I remember like it was yesterday. How many of those some moments in your life that they just, they're programmed into your head? I remember this guy that was in our ministry, and he was doing like, uh, he would make the, back in the day, this is kind of out of, out, of, out of a style now too, he'd make flyers. Remember those? Paper flyers? He'd make flyers. We used to use them a lot in the church, and they would pass them out, you know, and for the ministry. So we're going to be here, we're going to do this. And so he would do all that artwork for us. And I remember him coming to me one day and giving me his card. And he goes, here's my, my, uh, my WWW website. And I remember looking at him and going, what? You're what? He goes, WWW. And I go, what's WWW? He goes, the World Wide Web. 
And that was the first time I had ever heard of the World Wide Web, which today we know as more as the Internet. And so I want to talk this morning about the World Wide Web and exactly what that means, that it is a web. For years, church, the, the society that we live in and the world we live in, and biblically it's pushing this way, has been creating a web that we live in. Now, there's going to be some bad news during this, but how many know that there's good news in the middle of it? Amen? There, this, this message is, is going to have some moments where it's, it's sad. It's, it's going to have some moments where there, it may seem like there's no hope because I want to make a statement this morning. We are in a web. All of us, whether we want to be involved in it or not, we're in a web. And what, what has happened is, is technology has advanced and, and maybe we haven't even realized it, but now our lives run off of the web. And even more so now post-COVID or during COVID because now people are, that were working at a place, I don't know what percentage it is, but lots of people who would go to an office are no longer going to an office. They're working from home on the computer on the web. And so I began to think about this years ago, and I began, God began to show me that what, what the enemy is doing, and he has an ultimate goal, and I'll show you what it is in a moment, is he is entangling us in this web that we have to be a part of because we have to live. We have to make phone calls. We have to get online to, to pay our bills. We have to get online to work. Many of you work online all the time. It's, it's your job. There's no choice. But it is creating a web. And you see in there the phone and the tablet and the laptop, and you, and you see what's going on. But I want to read something that's very interesting. How many have ever looked at a web and saw it? And if you look at there, an amazing creation by a spider, right? When you look at a corner of a house or, or someplace, it's an amazing thing what a spider web does. But that web is there to do what? What does a spider make a web for? It's not for decoration. It's to trap things. And what is the ultimate goal of the spider? Does the spider catch things in his web to look at it? Or does he catch things in his web to eat it and to destroy it? And so that web is exactly, it's not a coincidence, church, that is called the World Wide Web. Because we are in a web right now. I took a description from the internet, and this is crazy. I want you to listen to some key words of how an actual spider web works. The spider sits in the middle of its web, monitoring the radius for thre of threads for vibrations. If an insect gets caught in any part of the web, the spider will feel the motion through the radius threads and make its way to the vibration source. In this way, the web extends the spider's, listen to this word, sensory system over a much wider area. The spider might also leave the web to retreat to a separate nest while monitoring the web. Sounds like I'm reading something off the, from the internet, right? This is how a spider makes his web, via a connected signal line. So isn't it ironic that how a spider makes his web sounds exactly like the internet today? And I just want us to understand, and I want us to be savvy this morning, and I want us to realize that we are living in days where something is happening that we no longer have control over on the general scan, scheme of things, but we do have control over our personal lives. Okay? I'm going to give you some sobering things to think about 
because I want us to recognize that, as I said earlier, the Internet and the web and all these things that we have can be used for beneficial things, and we will use them until we can't anymore. We will live stream. We will use Facebook and Instagram and these different things to spread the gospel, to make the good out of bad, until we can't no longer, can no longer do it. But that does not take away from the danger and the seriousness of the origin and the final thought of why the web was created. Okay? I want you, how many have heard of 5G? If you haven't heard of 5G, you haven't watched TV or heard a, a radio ad. 5G is everywhere. 5G is the speed of the internet now that they're pushing out all over the world. All the major T-Mobile, AT&T, they're all making advertisements about who has the better 5G network. I want to give you some sobering news this morning. The network of 5G is bad news. Really, really bad news. Not just because of where it's taking us, but simply because of a very detrimental health problem. Now, 5G is out now, which means 4G was last year, and, or two years ago, and 3G and 2G. It's been dangerous since G came out. It's been dangerous. Now, how many of you know that microwaves are dangerous? We still use them. We probably shouldn't, but we use them, and radiation comes out of microwaves. I can tell you in a general idea this morning, without giving you all the details, that the basic idea of 5G is that they want to slowly microwave society. Literally. Because everything that they're putting out is literally radiation. And I've seen some videos and read up on this and looked at different things. And you might, have, you might know somebody who works in the technological field. Ask them what they think about 5G. Ask the ones who are going up on the towers and installing. It is detrimental to our health. Literally detrimental. Uh, professors from college and doctors have been in the Senate for years trying to tell them, don't let 5G come out. And so, how many here have got LED lights in your house that you have changed from your old light bulbs? Let me see your hands. You change them out because it's better light. We have them right here. Better lights, less electricity. Now, they're coming out and saying that the LED lights and the whole system behind the LED lights is tuned in to all the 5G thing, and it, they're all running off of each other to cause greater speeds, to cause greater Wi-Fi, to cause greater all these, all these things that sound good, but they're, ca they're causing a cloud of radiation and danger to our society. And we just keep saying, give us more speed, make us faster, down faster download, better technology, clearer. And as we're doing that, we continue to fall into more and more of the web that the enemy wants us to be in. Revelations 13, let me show you the end result of where this is going. Now, as I'm saying this, church, I wish I could get up here this morning and tell you that I've got good news about 5G and how we're going to fix it. I don't have any good news. I said a couple weeks ago, it's not going to get better. I'm, not, I, I'm a very optimistic person, if you know me. I'm a very positive person. I like to see the glass half full. It's not going to get better. Can somebody give me an Amen. It's the truth. It's not going to get better. Things are going to get worse. Why do you think there's so much cancer? Why do you think there's so much brain cancer? Why do you think there's so many tumors? Because all this radiation is getting pushed out. Right now, every single one of us have cell phones. Radiation's coming off of them. Laptops, tablets. There's Wi-Fi floating around everywhere you go. They're going to add hundreds of millions of satellites for 5G. Hundreds of millions in the United States. 
It's around the world. You know what's a sobering thought? You can go to any country in the world. I've been to Africa. We were in Costa Rica for many years, and Costa Rica is not a third world country, but it has very poor areas where you could go to a, what's called a rancho, and it's just lat, uh, latas, which is just tin metal, walls and roof with a dirt floor, and they have a better TV than you do. And they have a phone, and they have a nice sound system that they don't have food. Honestly, they have a phone, they have a TV, but they don't have food for the next day. So technology, by the Antichrist power, has spread to the whole world. Now the good of that is we can get the gospel to them through it. That's the good. But the bad is that it is all happening for a reason. And the ultimate goal is Revelation 13. He says he was granted power, this is the Antichrist, who is alive right now on this earth, who at any moment will come into power, and he will come into power overnight, and I believe it will come when the rapture happens. Because he will bring peace, which will be a false peace. And he'll say, I've got the answer to all this problem. And he's on the scene right now. He's alive and he's ready to do this. He'll be given power to give breath to the image of the beast. Think about 2,000 years ago when John wrote this. He had no clue what image meant. We know what image means, don't we? Because that's everything we see in society. We have images in our face all day long. I didn't mention this in the first service, but did you know that all these signs and all the logos and all the things that come on TV channels and TV stations, they all have meanings, they all have things behind them? All these companies have reasons, and they're, 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 they're uh, uh, hidden signs, hidden agendas, hidden things, and, they're in, and it's, so it's in our face, it's in our face, it's in our face. And it's going to come a time when it says that that image of the beast will be given power that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. This is pushing us, church, the world, towards a one-world government, a one-world finance, and a one-world religion. The World Wide Web that has been created now for not even 30 years. It's only 30 years old. In the last 30 years, the web has been created, and now, if you think about this, how, or how before now could one person, put your finger up and show me a one, how, how could one person control the whole world? Through the world wide web. Because it, is, it, is, it has trapped us. I want you to stop for a second and think right now how you could function this week with no internet. So I want you to stop and think about that for a second. We already had some, some, some little pieces, right, during the storm. When things go down, power goes out. You, you think about how your life was affected that week when the power was out. Think about how everything you do, how you order food, how you get things, how you pay your bills, how you entertain yourself, all these things are tied to the World Wide Web. There will come a time when what was, what's called an EMP will happen, called electromagnetic pulse. It can be done by a natural disaster, which probably won't be natural, or it can become by a button that our own country can hit and turn our grid down. How many drove, drove in a car to church this morning? Let me see your hand if you came in a car. How many would know when you turned your car on, your car came on because of the World Wide Web? When that, when that web goes down, you can't even start your car. 
Everything dies. The trucks die, the cars die, transportation dies, everything dies. These are things that we are set up for now. We're in it. We can't get out of it. Unless you're going to go, how many have seen shows where you go get off the grid? Unless you're going to go buy, a, uh, buy land out someplace in the mountains and, and you're going to get off the grid and you're not going to have any tele- telephone, no communication, you can go hide from that. But the Bible doesn't tell us to do that. We're supposed to live in this world. We're supposed to be light in this world. But church, the web has been spun and we are trapped. Does anybody realize we're trapped? Not in the sense of that it has to control us, but in the sense of that's what makes life go, is the world wide web. I want to give you some stats to show you how powerful this world wide web is. Wednesday night, if you weren't here, please go watch the service. Go listen to it online, listen to it on the podcast, go listen to it again. I hit some very serious things about accountability and appropriateness. One of the main things that is attacking our society through the world wide web is sexual perversion. Okay? And I don't want to take time this morning to get into that again. Go listen to the message. But I want to piggyback off that and give you some stats if you don't realize how strong and dangerous and powerful this web is. I want to give you some stats about pornography. Over 40 million Americans are regular visitors to porn sites. 40 million. The average visit lasts more than six minutes. There are 42 million porn websites. 42 million. Which totals around 370 million pages of pornography. This is going to blow you away. The annual income of the pornography, pornography site's revenue is more than the NFL NBA, and Major League Baseball combined. Does anybody know that sports is big in our country? The porn industry has more money, makes more money than all three sports together. The pornography industry makes more money than ABC, CBS, and NBC altogether. Stats say that 47% of families in the United States report that pornography is a problem in their home. Can we realize that this web is a problem? One out of every two Americans say pornography is a problem in their home. Look at the person next to you and say, this is hard, but it's good. Amen? This is difficult, but it's necessary. And I'm just getting started, so stay with me. Listen to this. Pornography uses, use increases the marital infidelity rate by more than 300%. Lawyers are, are overwhelmed with divorce papers, and they're citing that pornography was the problem. This is going to blow you away. 11 years old is the average age that a child is first exposed to pornography. 11 years old. What a, what a, what a, listen, I want to tell you guys, we live in a difficult world. I, I said this in the first service, and I don't want to miss it, the difference between now and 30 or 40 years ago. You know, I grew, I'm one of those people that grew up on the Brady Bunch. I grew up watching Leave it to Beaver. And I love Lucy. And let me show you how much, and some of you are like, what in the world are you talking about? Those were what they were called good shows. Wholesome shows, shows about family, family matters, 
one of the best shows ever. They would, they, they, they would actually teach you things on these shows about parenting and being a family and all that. They, it was so different that, then than it is now in only 30 or 40 years that in the show I Love Lucy, they, they were married, but in their bedroom, they didn't even sleep in the same bed. Are y'all realizing the difference between that and today? Today, every show you watch has a, has a transgender, homosexual, perverted agenda in it. And they're forcing it on you and putting it in your face. But back then, they wouldn't even put a married couple in the same bed in a TV show because it wasn't decent. Church, our, our world is going to hell. And this web is taking us there. So it's serious business. And then it says, this, is, this just breaks my heart. 94% of children will see pornography by the age of 14. 94%. You know why? Because the internet is the crack cocaine of sexual addiction. Crack cocaine. And along that, not, those lines, stats tell you that pornography consumption is as mood-altering as addictive narcotics. But what it does to a person is worse than narcotics. Let me finish with this. Studies show pornography is progressive and addictive. And it says for many, but I would say for all. It often leads the user to act out their fantasies. And here's the sad thing. Often on children. And the last one is pornographers disguise their sites called stealth sites. With common brand names including Disney, Barbie, and ESPN to trap children into hitting the button to take them to these sites. We're in a trap. We're in a, wor we're in a world wide web, church. And we've got to face this problem head on, and we've got to start becoming responsible for our families. Can I get a better amen? amen? Parents, we have got to start controlling. Watch my words. We've got to start controlling our families and our, what they watch and what they do and what they listen to. Can I come over here and say that over here? We've got to start controlling and watching what our kids do because they're in danger. We've got to take our houses back. We've got to get our kids out of the bedrooms and into the living room. We've got to have some conversations with our kids. You know what, church? Today, these teenagers, and I'm just talking in general, don't know how to have conversations. They don't know how to carry out a conversation I would challenge you to start getting your kids out of their rooms and off their, off their uh, t devices and get them in the living room and, and see if they can f have a conversation with you. And that'll be your, your parameter there, your barometer of how your family's doing. And it might be sobering for some, but start. Amen. Don't worry. I'm not trying to be your friend. I'm not looking for amens. But this is healthy. And it's needed. And it's necessary because we, can we can't stop the web, but we can keep the web from, from controlling us. Amen? Now, I know I'm going to hit some nerves here, and, and, I, and I, I just have to go ahead and do it. I'm going to talk about something else that's a problem. Oh, let me say this first. Let me back up for one second. I'll give you guys a few more seconds. Here's some things I recommend. And, and also, I, don't, I hope you don't mind this, Josh. You can also help. Josh has got some information on this as well. He can help on even more that I don't mention. But I highly recommend installing things in your homes, on your phones, on your devices that can help. For example, one's called Blocker X, if you want to write that down. Blocker X. Another one's called Detoxify. These are apps or brow web browsers that you can use to protect your phone so that these, these adult sites will not get there. It's a filter. Another one is called Ever Accountable. And another one is called Covenant Eyes. 
That's the one that I personally recommend the most. If you have a problem, or I want to say in the name of Jesus, had a problem with any kind of pornography, you need to get covenant eyes on your phone, on your browsers, in your website, wherever. And what that thing does is you pay a monthly fee, and you go, oh, I can't afford that. Well, what does, he- what does heaven mean to you? Can you put some money out to save yourself? Amen? So you pay a little monthly fee, and what you do with that is when you, when you sign up, you put an accountability partner on there with you. And when and if you go touch something that's not right, it sends a notice to your accountability partner that you're looking at something that's not right. See, that's, that's taking things serious. Covenant eyes. And you know why this site exists? Because we have a problem. And you know what? This isn't a problem that's in the world. It's in the church, too. Because the World Wide Web has grabbed us and infiltrated our lives, and we need to take authority over it. For your kids, there's, uh, there's more than this, but I found one called Kittle, which is a browser that you can use that's totally safe for kids, and it's, it keeps them safe from hitting things that can take them into danger. And then Chris Austin was telling me about a, a router that he put in his house called Circle, which is a router off of your router where you control everything your kids see and everything that they watch and all the usage and all those different things so that you can monitor that. Now, look at the person next to you and say, he's about to hit a nerve. Some of you are thinking, I thought he already hit it. Now, again, before I say this, this doesn't mean everything's bad, but there is another problem, and it's online gaming. It, it consumes a lot. I don't personally play. It's not, I, have other, I have my own problems, but this isn't one of mine, so maybe you might say, oh, it's easy for you to say that. But I know online gaming is a problem. Maybe you don't have that problem. Maybe you play games online, and that's fine, and that's, that's up to you and God and your spouse and your family. You talk about that. But the, the, the stats tell us it's a problem. Kaiser Family Foundation found that many youths are playing for more than 50 hours a week. Problem gamers play video games between 80 and 100 hours a week, and if you realize, that's more than a full-time job. And so what we have today, because of this World Wide Web, is we have people walking around like zombies. If, if you've ever watched those shows, the zombie apocalypse and all that, we already have zombies. They just don't have blood coming out of them, and they don't make weird noises, but they're zombies. Because they're stuck on the game, they're stuck on the internet, they're stuck on all these things. They have no, listen, no social skills. No social skills. If you don't get a job on the internet, you're done. Because you can't talk to somebody. You can't hold a conversation. Can, you can't go into an interview. You know, they're, they're, I don't know how it is nowadays because I haven't had to get a 9-to-5 you know, job like this like going to interview for a long time. But I don't even know if, how some people could even do an interview. Let me move on. Because I've talked to some people like this. But listen to this. It says the true issue might not be the hours spent playing video games, but how the play interferes in someone's life. Gaming can have a negative impact on those engaged in the activity. Now listen, this isn't even mentioning the obvious of those violent games. Which I've been saying for years. Every time you see those shootings in schools, go, you'll be for sure that they played those violent video games. For sure. Absolutely for sure. It's every single time. It's not sometimes, it's every single time. So I'm not even talking about the violent ones. I'm just talking about being consumed. It says, these are the effects of, of too much, vi- not, not that you can't play a video game, but too much. Poor school work performance, relationship difficulties, social isolation, sleep deprivation, hopelessness, depression, suicidal thoughts, poor health, 
obesity, deep vein thrombosis from prolonged sitting. Those are some, some things that are caused by too much gaming or too much time on the, on the computer. So, uh, I think my daughter was telling me the other day that in their neighborhood, they were so excited to see kids out in the, outside playing. You know, there was a day when kids would go outside and play at the thing called the playground. And there's these things with cement and these hoops, and people would shoot baskets into them. It's crazy, right, to think of that day. Those things are really healthy, amen? But we're, we're, we're in a web right now, and it's a dangerous place to be. I'll, I'll finish with this before I give you some verses. Here's a sobering thought. We don't have a problem. Guess what the average is of an individual person in the United States, time spent on social media per day? Two hours and 22 minutes. Woo, got quiet in here. Mexico would have whistled. You preach down there, you say something serious. I don't know who started it, but they, you preach something serious down there, you hear whistles all over the place. At first, I was like, why are they whistling? They told me later, they said, Pastor, when you say something serious down here, they whistle. That's serious. Two hours and 22 minutes. But here's the problem. We don't spend five minutes on the Bible app. We don't know where Mark is or Ecclesiastes is. We don't know how to navigate the Bible. We don't spend any time in the presence of God. But we want to, we want to be saved. We want to go to heaven. and We want to have a good family. And we want our family to love God. And Come on. That's why it's so important that we come to church like this and we have fellowship together and we have small groups and we have praise and worship and we get around each other and we try to help each other and we try to pull each other out of this mud that we're in, this, this web that we're in, amen? We can't avoid the web totally, but we, can, we cannot let it control us. So I'm trying to get across to you. We've got to learn to not let it control us. And that's up one hour over the last eight years. So it's getting worse. They showed a scale every year. It's worse and worse and worse. And by the way, that was 2019. That wasn't even last year. Can you imagine what it was last year during the pandemic when everybody was stuck at home? Let me give you a few verses. It's interesting that this Bible was written thousands of years ago, but it's so relevant. 1 John 5.19 says this, We know that we are of God. How many know that you're God's today? How many, through, the, through all this pain of suffering, of knowing we're, we're in a web, we know God's still on the throne? Okay? But it says, watch this, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. That's a perfect definition of what the web's doing to us today. It's swaying us. It's controlling us. There's things that you can do, church, to put on your thing. Again, I'm not up here saying you can't be on Instagram or Facebook or you can't be involved in some of these things. Some of these things you shouldn't be involved in, but th that's between you and God. But the thing you got to do is you got to have some self-control. You got to have some balance in your life. You got to make sure that th there's things on there you can put on there and say, I don't want to watch, I don't want to look at Instagram for more than 15 minutes. And it'll send you a thing that says you've watched for 15 minutes. Because how many know that you can just sit there and scroll and not even realize it'd be half an hour? Amen? So we're, we're laying, lying under this sway of the wicked one. Proverbs 25, 28 says this, Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. We need control over our own spirits. Some people, church, are being controlled by the Internet. 
and don't even realize it. They, they, there's another thing that you can find. I think it's called Checky. You can put this app on your phone, and it will tell you how many times a day you pick your phone up. And they said the average is 80. 80 times. Picking your phone up. So it's, it's liberating sometimes. You ought to try this sometimes one day. Leave your phone at home and watch how liberate. See, some of you can't do it. Leave your phone at home or turn your phone off. What? What? Yeah, turn it off. Try it. You'll like it. Just put it aside. Put it, put it somewhere and watch and see how long you can go. Time yourself. Some of you couldn't make it 15 minutes. And some of you are admitting it. And that's the first part of being recovered, right, is admitting you have a problem. <laughs> There's going to be a IA very soon. My name is Blake. I am an internet-holic. I have a problem. It's going to happen. People are going to admit it. They're going to get free from it. It's going to be added. Listen to this. This, is, this might be the best definition biblically for the internet and, and, and wasted time. Psalms 119.37. I'm closing. Psalms 119.37. Some of you are like, thank God. Watch this. Turn my eyes from worthless things. Turn my eyes from worthless things. How long do we spend doing nothing? Looking at announcements by people that they're depressed. I went to the bathroom. I don't want to go to work. I'm tired. This is what I ate today. This is what I'm eat tomorrow. I'm fat. I'm skinny. Right? We're literally worthless things. And listen, church, none of us are exempt from this. And we, and we, and we can laugh and all that, and we sh- we, sometimes we just got to light. But no matter how much we have, you know, feel like, okay, I've got, I've got this, it grabs us. We all have to get past this. We all have to get to a place where this doesn't control us. It's worthless things. And, and then we get to where it says, God, give me life through your word. Because, listen, you can pick up that phone and look at Instagram or Facebook or whatever all those different things are, and you can w- worthless, 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 waste. Wa- not that you, every once in a while you're not going to say, oh, that marriage is doing good, good, praise God. Oh, birthday, there's good things. But let me tell you something. When you pick up that Bible app and you read the word, you're never going to be disappointed. Never. You're never going to put it down and go, man, I wish that was a waste of 10 minutes of my life. Never. But it needs to be a sobering thing if we can spend two hours on social media and we don't even pick up. If the only verse you read is the verse that I sent out to you, something's wrong. Amen? And God is gracious and he'll help us. But we've got to recognize that we're in a web. Colossians 2.8, listen to what this says. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. You know, I mentioned earlier, Leave it to Beaver and I Love Lucy and the Brady Bunch and those shows that were so clean. Listen to what the difference was between school problems 
in the 40s and 50s and today. Back in the 40s and 50s, the problems Time Magazine said was talking, chewing gum, making noise, running in the halls, getting out of turn in line, and not putting paper in the trash can. Those were the problems that the teachers had, Jeff and Kaylee and, all our, and, and Brianna, the teachers we have in here. Those were the problems they had then. Think about the problems you have now. Drugs, alcohol, pregnancy, suicide, rape, robbery, assault. What's happened? Where, where did all this come in? This world wide web has infiltrated our lives. And yes, there's some good things. But how many know the devil dresses as an angel of light? It always is going to look good on the surface. But we've got to take control back of our families. Amen. We've got to take control back of our minds. We've got to dominate these things. And the Bible tells us how to do it. Romans 12, verse 2, New Living Translation. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Let God transform you into a new person. Watch this. By the way you think. By changing the way you think. Then you will learn how to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Father, we're here today and we know that that our country and our world's in trouble. And, and I don't care how much someone wants to argue this morning, Lord, we are in a web. We're in a trap. We are surrounded on every side by temptations and time and consumption and selfishness and all these different things that the, the devil wants to herd us into this group so that he can ultimately dominate us. But Lord, you've given us power today to take control of our minds and to have the mind of Christ. And Lord, there are people in this place that are struggling with many things, many addictions, many things that are consuming their time, Father. And we want to be free from these things, and we can be free from these things. But we've got to recognize that we're trapped in a web. And we've got to recognize that the enemy's real. And these statistics are not making us exempt to them. They could be us. And we want to be free from these things. We want to be a church that walks in integrity and character. We want to be a church that's able to serve God to the fullest of our capacity. We want to make heaven our home. We want to be saved. We want to be right. And Lord, you can help us today. We call on you this morning. You're the author and the finisher of our faith. You're the salvation that we need this morning, Father. You're our answer. As you're praying with me this morning and God's dealing with our hearts on many different things, let the Holy Spirit penetrate your heart. Let Him speak to you personally. And what area of this message affects you or speaks to you or, or challenges you to change, to not allow this web to continue to entrap you, to have freedom in Christ, and to be able to use the Internet in the way you want to, be, to use it instead of it using you and consuming your time, and destroying your family, and causing you to walk in perversion, and causing you to walk in ways that don't glorify God. We can cut those things right now. How many all over this place could say, Pastor, I don't even know Jesus this morning. I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. I want to change. I want to be transformed like David was in that testimony. I want my life to be different I want to find hope. I want to find a reason to live. 
Jesus is that reason this morning. And if you're here watching online or sitting in this place, you can know the King of Kings. You can know the Lord of Lords. You can know the Master and the Creator of this universe. And He can be your your Savior today. How many here would say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm that person. I need Jesus in my life. Just put your hand up and put it right back down. I want to pray for you all over this place. That's me. That's me. If you're raising your hand online, we're going to pray with you in a minute. Maybe you're here and you know the Lord. You've accepted Him as Savior at some point in your life. But today, through this message, you are realizing that you are trapped. You have opened doors. We talked about this on Friday morning. You have opened doors to your life that you want to close. Doors that are not good. You've opened up doors to perversion. You've opened up doors to selfishness. You've opened up doors to to consuming your time. And you want to close that door today. God can help you. He can help you get back in love with the Lord. He can help you fall back in love with the things of God, with the peace of God, the joy of God, knowing that your heart is right with God, knowing that God is pleased with you. You can get right today, and we're going to give you an opportunity. We're going to open up these altars. We're going to take some time to digest this message and to put it into practice and say, God, what are the areas I need to change on? God's speaking to you. He's speaking to me. He's speaking to all of us. Are we listening? How consumed am I? Is the internet an idol for you? Is it something you can't live without? And I'm not talking about your job, things that are obvious. But do you have control over your own thoughts, over your own mind? Or are you controlled by this web? Today you can be free. I want to ask you to stand, if you would, all across this place. We're going to open up the altars. If you don't find a place at the altar, please find a place at your seat. You can pray anywhere. But church, this is a very important part of this service. This is where we say, God, show me, speak to me, transform me, change me, help me this morning. As you're coming, as you find a place at the altar, you find a place at your chair. We're going to go offline here in a moment. We're going to uh, turn this off and have some time here together. But before we go offline, before we end the podcast, I want everyone in here to repeat this after me. This is the prayer of salvation. This is us telling God that we want his, his life to be our life. We want our life to be in His hands. And we believe what the Bible says. I want you to say this with me. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for your perfect word. I know that I'm a sinner. I make mistakes. I fall short of your glory. But I also believe that you're the Savior. And you are the one living God. And you came out of heaven. You came into the form of an earthly man. And lived on this earth. And went through everything that I go through. And was tempted But you said no to those things so that you could die a perfect death to take my place on the cross. And I believe you died on that cross and shed your blood for my sins. And then I believe you rose from the dead so that I could have eternal life. This life is not everything. There's eternity waiting for me. And Jesus, I believe... I'm going to spend eternity in heaven with you. 
because of your sacrifice on the cross. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you find a place this morning to...